similar character trait when rooted in an improper source, such as fear for fear's sake, not fear rooted in Yerushalayim, but fear uh, rooted in a lack of bitachon, uh, being overly afraid, not relying on Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that could lead to dev- lead to devastation. So there are certainly it's, it's a familiar idea that, that certainly we have uh, seen uh, in the svarim. Uh, I didn't really have as clarity as much clarity. I still don't have it solid. Maybe tonight I'll uh, the chavri here will help me clarify it a little bit more in my own mind. But something that I saw fairly recently just. So sort of open up my eyes to uh, an idea that I thought was inherently bad, uh, an idea that I thought we should, you know, pretty much stay away from. But after looking at some of uh, some of the uh, chazal here, it sort of gave me pause that maybe it's uh, it's not so simple. And I guess the word that I'm talking about, or the uh, the nahaga that I'm talking about, is the aspect of hergul. The aspect of hergul, we know. Oh, Hergel uh, sort of acting uh, in a way that's just you're accustomed to it. Um, it's a level of sort of uh, familiarity, a level of sort of consistency, um, maybe even sometimes robotic. Things can get very much uh, into a certain routine. And it's a, it's a kind of thing that certainly is a tremendous challenge. Uh, you know, I speak about it a lot just from the fundamental aspect of being a Jew. So much about what a Jew does is consistent, or at least should be consistent. It, it needs to be uh, every single day. The routine of a Jew is unmistakable. It's, the, it's the three times a day the davening, whether it's a Seder, it's a job, it's, uh, it's what we do every single day, and that's really what we're supposed to be doing. And yet, at the same time, we know the challenge, we know what the rabbis are saying throughout America today, that that very aspect of the consistency seems to be uh, a root uh, in to the incredible challenge of making it real, making it new, making it exciting. And, uh, you know, when you listen to, you know, people who give these uh, seminars and workshops and discuss the challenges facing Klai Yisrael during these very challenging times, leaving the corona issue out right now, but uh, is the idea that there's the disconnected Jew that was sort of just going through the motions. So, so the idea that, on the one hand, the Torah demands consistency. Halacha demands uh, a sort of an ongoing routine in our lives. Yet, how does that not become uh, something that inherently makes it mundane and makes it uh, hergal? I'm sort of just used to it. And that's why certainly the famous Chaim Shulevitz talks about the fact that uh, should only go in once a year because you go in more often you do things too often, and, uh, yeah, this is where I belong. You know, the, I've heard many times, I'm sure some of you have heard it as well, that, you know, well, why do Jews talk, you know, you walk into a conservative or a reform uh, temple, and then, you know, you can hear a pin drop. And you walk into an Orthodox shul, not all of them, of course, but you can walk into certain choice Orthodox shuls, and uh, you got a challenge listening to the to, to the Balkaira, you know, or, you know, listening to the Balkfila, because it's Mamish, you know, it's a, it's a gesunta rash going on there. And uh, the typical answer is, well, of course, when you walk into shul every, you know, only, uh, you know, once, uh, who knows when, once a week, once a month, maybe sometimes once a year, unfortunately, of course, you're going to walk in there, you're very uncomfortable, you don't really have a, you know, a sort of a feeling of this is home by a Jew. 
We're here all day, every day, three times a day, whatever. So this is our second home. So, of course, we're going to schmooze about, you know, sports and business and politics and who knows what. This is what you do because, you know, this is our second home. And, but, I mean, <laughs> that's not a good answer. That's a very horrific answer that because it's our second home, therefore, you know, it's good that it's our second home. You know, but, but it seems like almost that's uh, almost the built-in excuse. Whatever we're doing consistently seems to work against the goal. That's what it seems, and that's why we're warned. Do you, and even uh, in that piece, he, uh, the Rucham Shalavitz brings the Ivitz. It talks about the fact you couldn't even walk back. When you walk into the base of Migdash, you come in from one gate. You have to walk through a different gate. And the uh, Rav Yaakov Emden explains that if you walk back in the same gate, it's sort of, oh, yeah, I know this place. It, this sense of awe leaves you. And maybe you're just, again, a little bit too familiar. So there seems to be an inherent challenge in terms of the consistency factor on one hand versus the regilus and the mitzvah sanoshim ulumad on the other hand. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I guess, you know, the typical way you deal with it, and, you know, everyone has their own way of dealing with the challenges, but uh, typically you'd say, you know, you find a way to make it new. Find a way to mishadish, whether it's in your davening, find an ishachos, you know, you know, change it up a little bit and uh, maybe pick a different part of davening every day to just, you know, maybe focus it on. You've got different angles and different strategies, but, you know, certainly this is something that uh, confronts a Jew on a regular basis of how we make things fresh and how we don't fall into that trap of mitzvah anashim mulumada, which, again, normally mulumada is, is what you would sort of call a, you know, it's a dirty word. It's the, the, that's we, what we want to stay away from completely. Maybe just to give it here, the chizkuni um, that, that our Imalda sent out, um, thank you for, for doing that. It's on the board in, in front of us right now. Okay, great. Okay, I'm looking inside my side. Just, I'm a little bit more comfortable looking inside. Okay, so if you look at Vayan Chavayari Vecha, Gimel, right, so you all see it there, um, the Dover Acher of the Chizkuni. And the question re- really is, uh, what, uh, what's this point of Vayari Vecha? What's the, the concept of, you know, literally afflicting us? What was the idea of, of, uh, of the affliction necessary for the Mun to come down? Seems like there was a seems like there was a direct correlation, um, and Dov, so uh, that so gives one shot, okay? Um, because if you don't have a, a bread every single day, if you don't know what, when it's coming, you're not aware. So it's That's that's the first shot. But Dover Acher, he says something that I found very fascinating. He says that another shot of why the Yarivecha had to take place. Uh, why did there have to be a sense of I have no other alternative? I, I need to rely on this month. Why did it have to come from a position of literally hunger and starvation? So it says the Chizkuni, I'm sorry, If HaKash Baruch had brought down the man. Now, just understand, I mean, I understand, we all can relate. I mean, the man was an incredible miracle. If the man had been brought down, uh, in a position where you still were satisfied from the food and the provisions that you bought from, from Mitzrayim. 
So the, the goodie bags were still full. You had the backpack still full. You all the, the uh, you know, the, um, uh, the Snicker bars and the Kit Kats and the potato chips. You, had, you still had a lot of it left over. So Baruch Hashem, you, didn't, you, know, you weren't even even the healthy stuff. You bought some turkey and some American cheese. So you had, you had stuff. You weren't hungry. If that was the case, that you were still okay and still satiated and satisfied with the, based on the provisions you still had from its triumph. The Chizkuni just sort of drives home this point of how incredibly powerful Herigl could be. Okay, he says, you would not have given the mun the time of day. You would not have looked at it. Okay, I mean, I wouldn't have looked at it. I, you, wake up, you wake up in the morning, and this, this, this thing comes down from, from Shemayim, clearly a miracle from God, bestowing upon us something that, that no other per, group of people, no individual in the history of, of the world ever had food coming down from Shemayim directly given to them. And, and you, you can't say anything that's more unique and, and otherworldly than something like this, yet, says the Chizkuni, Lo you would not have been concerned about it at all, even to taste it. You would not have left the bread that you're used to for the sake of the man that you don't know and your father doesn't know. If he had to make it, that you had to get the man. You had to make it that that you had no choice because your pushes had nothing to eat. So I needed to get you to that point because I needed your attention. I mean, this is like, it, it just, it shows us a little bit as to how far that concept of, you know, just my comfort level of what I'm used to. And then you're sort of just going to go, you're going you're to go where, what's safe. You're going to go where it's comfortable. You're just going to go with your uh, ruggle boy. That's the lotion that he uses. Again, if there's a question, you know, I just keep back. I'm hearing some noise. But I'm not sure if you're, if you're wanting to ask a question, but I understand questions are certainly welcomed, and uh, that, that's certainly the same here. So, so again, um, so it just sort of struck me that, you know, we're so, we're so ingrained with what we're comfortable with and what we're used to that when a, even when an event such as an incredible miracle I mean, again, I'm not sure if it's exactly the same comparison, but just sort of compare that to Moshe Rabbeinu's perspective when he goes down the road and he sees the, the burning snow off on the side. And, right, uh, we've, we've discussed it, we've heard it. We've, I remember I had this just hearing it from Moshe Shade Zatzal, incredible uh, Rashiv I had when I went to Eretz Yisrael. Those words, you know, that, you know, to make that turn and to explore the unknown and to find out what life is all about. I mean, you're not going to even give them on the time of day. Food comes down from Shemayim, and it, it, it seemed like it, was, it would have been a foregone conclusion. We're not going. I got some bread. I mean, what do you got some bread? But there's a mud that's outside. So you sort of see the incredible pull that Herigl has, and it, certainly in this case, I don't think it was a good thing. I think I, I, sort of Akash Baruch would have been nicer. Akash Baruch didn't have to force the Arivecha. But that's how much... We can sort of lose sight of the readiness to sort of get out of our comfort level to challenge ourselves because we're, we're, we have a routine. And especially when that, when that routine is, is maybe not a high-level focused routine, it becomes 
that much more difficult to sort of get out of that that mode. So how does so, that make sense? How's that, how does that make sense with like if if you look at my side everyday life when when people see things which are abnormal then they are awestruck and, and they're curious and, and they, they want they want to know more about it uh, how how does this make sense that they wouldn't they wouldn't even they, they wouldn't pay attention to it, it, it do they, do they well, see something totally abnormal or would they have not have noticed it? Unless they were well, looking. It, it says, well, I, you so much yeah. I mean, I would have been, I don't, I mean, again, it really depends on what, what the issue is. If it's something totally that's sort of in your face and you can't avoid it and it's something spectacular, you know, but things that I, and you have to know, I guess, what what the tension is in terms of me exploring it, you know, um, will I will I get out of, is it just for me to just look at it, or will it force me out of my comfort level? But I have my food. I don't need any new food. I don't need any other food. I don't want to go there. And it it does seem, you know, uh, that we could almost see spectacular things. I mean, Rabbeinu Bechai says something amazing by, by Bilam's donkey. He says, you know, uh, why didn't Bilam fall off his donkey? He, the donkey turned around and started talking to Bilam, and Bilam just answers him back. What happened to the part where Bilam faints and says, what a talking donkey like what what is going on here how come that that part doesn't get uh spoken about and and incredibly Rabbeinu Bechai says and we, we're we're thinking that it's happened to us that'll be our first you know shocked response would be whoa a talking donkey what is happening here uh says Rabbeinu Bechai he was so focused on what he wanted to accomplish he didn't you know it, it literally he just didn't didn't even notice it you know so it does seem, I guess it depends what the situation is. Maybe we're not, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe we're not as, you know, uh, uh, given to routine. Depends on each person, each situation, what the Nisoyon is, what, what it is that you're deviating from. Um, but there does seem to be this idea that, that it, we are capable of literally missing unbelievable opportunities simply because we want to just keep going down the beaten path. And certainly in Moshe Benu's case, that was... Right, that was what Hashem said. The Pesach says, "Vayar Hashem kisar liros." When Hashem saw that he turned up, this is a man after my heart. He's willing to challenge himself because even though there was a burning bush that was not consumed, it took a special kayak to say, "I'm going to get out of my my schedule." You know, I got my BlackBerry. I've got an appointment in 17 minutes. I got I got to meet with some very important clients. I got no time to start exploring spiritual opportunities. That seems to be a prevailing you know, mentality. So I hear what you're saying. I mean, does you know, it, maybe there are people who would, who would certainly, you know, challenge themselves, but uh, it seems that it, this would be a real, a real problem. It would be a real challenge because we're just, we're so comfortable with, with who we are and what we do. This does not seem to be a good place. In other words, this level of herigal seems to be a herigal that would, that is just sort of um, Allowing us to sort of be, be almost robotic and not even allow us to think and to to calculate and to uh, seize the opportunity of what of what's around us. Just, I don't think it's a good comparison parenthetically, but you know, I'm not sure if I'm talking to a purely Chavetz Chaim audience or maybe there's a mixed mixed purely crowd here. Chavetz Chaim. Purely Chavetz Chaim. What? Purely Chavetz Chaim. Oh really? Okay. Yes. So um, it would have been nice to get a little fireworks in here. Uh, with what I'm about to say, but in other words, um, 
you know, from what I understand, other people have told me, I don't think I brought this up to, to the Roshivas at Sal particularly, but, you know, you see a lot of these stories about Gedolim that, you know, they, they're so into their learning that, um, you know, the, uh, the teapot overflow and the kitchen got ruined and, uh, you know, the Rebbe's tea was forgotten or some other story where, you know, it was, it's sort of seen as a virtue that a person was so into what they were doing spiritually that they lost sight of the immediate responsibility to take care of a mundane thing like making a cup of tea or something along those lines. And, you know, uh, I remember, and I, it was my natural reaction to those stories, that this is not a, this is not a good story. This is not a story that, you know, if, if your uh, focus on, on, on Ruchni is, is such that it lo- allows you to lose sight of an opportunity of what you have to do right in front of you, then that's not, then your Ruchni is not properly rooted. It needs to be that you'll always do exactly what you need to do. And you can't be, if you're so involved in a Rangitana learning that you miss an obvious Chesed, which is Yef Shadeh Cherim, then that's not a learning that you have a right to be a Rangitana to that extent. And that's, you know, whatever it's. I'm sure something that would evoke a, a response by other people that what he's talking about, it's, uh, you know, Torah is, uh, is the key of the whole belt. But, okay, that's, you, do, you do see sometimes, you, know, you can argue about how into something we should be, but, but that's, that's by a good thing. That's by Torah. And maybe you can even overdo that. But here, for sure, this would be another example. To me, it was a tremendous extent of how far this would go, of how Hergel would literally blind a person to not see what Mamish is right in front of them as a unique opportunity to examine the man and to appreciate and to experience the man. It would have literally been, ah, no, no big deal, no big deal. I, you know, I just pass, pass the bagel, pass the cream cheese, we're good to go. I don't need to go and check out man because I got, I got my, uh, my food. Okay, so, so you know, that certainly supported my my uh, ongoing, you know, perspective that the word hergel, the word mulumada, these types of things are, are negative. These are things that we have to look at as being sort of uh, the great challenge for us to move away from those things. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's hard to sort of envision where these are things that when, when done right are able to bring one to the highest levels of spirituality. So when I saw Rabbeinu B'chai in the very same Parsha, and Rabbeinu B'chai says, also I think just to, to an incredible degree, the, the power of that same mulumada, so to speak, to be used in a, an extremely lofty and powerful sense. How? So if you see Rabbeinu B'chai, um, he says, All of the trials and tribulations and travail that Akash Baruch took Klai Yisrael uh, through the desert for, for the purpose of who was constantly training them and testing them, to make their nature comfortable, to make it part of a routine, to make it hergal every single day, the same, same activities every single day, to, to make it almost second nature. So number one, when every single day you don't know where, where your food's coming from, and it comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's certainly going to sort of uh, get those bitachon muscles going. Okay, and they have such a strong sense of emunah, 
in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ad sheyachzu lehem regilus havoidu leteva. To the point that the regilus havoda literally becomes second nature. Becomes like part of what you do. You get up in the morning, whatever it is, everyone's got their own routine, you brush your teeth, you do what you do, what you do, and you, know, you, know, the, you make the cup of coffee, whatever it is, the whole routine, right? So it's almost like we do it with our eyes closed because it's so much, it's so second nature. But believe it or not, it seems that you, one could bring themselves to this second nature in Avodah Hashem in an incredibly virtuous way. At the very hergul, obviously you've done right, but it's, it's, it's something that, again, I think runs counter to our natural way of, thi- of seeing things. Lamdeni is not teach me. Lamdeni is make me accustomed, make it part of me uh, on a consistent level. Same type of lotion. Why? Please teach me your truth. Guide me in your truth. Involve me in your truth on a regular basis. Credible. So, I mean, and so it's, it's Teva. I mean, is that, is, I mean, it almost sounds like it's second nature, and yet, not just it's a good thing, it's an unbelievably lofty thing. It's, well, it, aren't, these, that, aren't yeah. these two opposite things? I mean, we're using the same word, hergel, but uh, on the other hand, the hergel that we were using before was you're doing something physical and you're losing the emotional state, right? Here, the hergel is you're, you're, you're amplifying the emotional state. Well, where are you amplifying it? Well, you're 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 taking away the uh, you're, you're taking away the food in order to amplify the the emotion of bitachon. Now, you're you're really losing the hergel of the food, and, and you're transferring that into a hergel of of emotion. And, you know, as opposed to before, you're you're making your emotion mundane because you're just so used to something on a, on a daily basis. Well, let, let, let's finish. I'm not sure. I mean, I think, I think you're definitely, what you're saying has some merit, but I'm not sure that's really what you're doing here. I mean, uh, you know, I think what, I mean, others, I think the theme of what you're trying to convey is the fact that clearly this is being done with, with a lot of emotion, but it's not just emotion. Let's, just, let's finish the piece for a minute. And okay. So, David Shadrichayu his actions are avoda. It should become like teva. So there's certainly a, almost a, a mundaneness about or, or a, a consistency about actions that he seems to be talking. He's not just talking about that you're you're training yourself to sort of be on the highest levels of, of an emotional dvekus when I kodesh baruch It seems that I want I don't want getting up in the morning. You know, this is one of my pet peeves. I don't want to get into the whole, you know, obligations we have in Abbas's Torah to be on time, to be early to davening. You know, but it's really something that, you know, bothers me because that, I mean, I have other than Shonos, so don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, being on time for davening happens not to be one of my big challenges, I guess, because Baruch you know, left other things for me to have to deal with. But, you know, so when it's not a challenge for you and you sort of see people's inconsistencies in terms of showing up, you know, and, and, so it seems what he's saying is that Dovramel prayed that that my commitment to you, 
guide me in my commitment to you to such, in, to such a degree of consistency where my actions are always going to be what they need to be so that the avoda becomes a teva gomer, where I don't even think about being 10 minutes early. It's just automatic. It's mamish automatic. And, and, and that's what I'm looking for. Right, amazing. Right, we the famous uh, you know uh, Sephora Shmuz of the of the Roshiva, He learns the word tilmad differently. It's not tilmad because the Sanhedrin was there. It's not tilmad like the Taisus in um, in the Baba Basra says because you had your Shemayim and you had the Kohanim, you had all the Avoda. No, I want you to train me in a consistent performance of mitzvos. And again, when you think about it, you know the. This idea of Seder, they do, where Byron has a lot, a lot on the idea of Seder, and that's why, you know, um, we hear these stories about Sabbat, even Sabbat, the godless Adam, yeah, what do we hear at the same time? The Mashkiach was standing by the door, he tried to pull out three minutes early, but he came two minutes late, you had to look at the Mashkiach in the eye, and like, what's going on? Well, hello, I mean, I'm a big boy, godless Adam, what are you, you're, you're, you're questioning my sincerity here? But, you know what? There is something to be said. If, if Seder starts at 3 and ends at 6.30, that's when you're there, and that's when you leave. Not a minute earlier, not a minute uh, Well, you can leave a minute later, but, uh, but you've you got to be there the whole time. And, and Gedolim, you, you read so many stories about the consistency aspect. They never miss the Seder. Man. They would make up whatever, they, whatever they, other things they need to do, but they would never miss the Seder. Because Seder is part of my routine, and even though it's routine on one level, it seems like it's able to accomplish something unbelievably profound. Klaimar, meaning to say, that you should be so ingrained, so accustomed in your nature to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your schedule is almost, you know, again, I hate using the word robotic, but it almost sounds that way, but of course it's not robotic, Shalom. It does not involve any thought. It doesn't involve any even, you know, it's, you know, I guess, you know, uh, well, not all of us, but some people have, you know, certainly have, I've been in the, you know, weight loss thing when you're on a roll with your, with your diets and your weight loss, right, the things that tempt you, it's like, I don't have to think about it. When you're, when you're in a groove, certain things, you know, when people work out, like workout is like part of, they're bread and butter. That, that's, I, I can't go a day without my workout if you're one of those workout guys. You know, so it's, that means we can train ourselves to create a, a mindset and, a, and a, an emotional connection to the routine of Torah to the point that we wouldn't even have to work on it. It would, be, it would come as second nature. The Maisa Yira, the Rativi Etichov, Lasas Kishar Advar Mativ Masha so this is not something, you know, as you look at this, you sort of would say, well, wait a minute, is this a good thing? And it's obviously a good thing, but it's, in, it's incredible that this is something that Dovna Melech strive for and that we are able to, despite the fact how Hergel could, could have an inherent challenge, but I think, again, going back, I don't know who said that, uh, that point, but whoever said it, I mean, I ultimately agree with you. Just, I think it does apply even to actions, not just emotions. But it shows us that when we start the process and we are involved with that passion every single day, you have to say that Rabbeinu B'chai is not talking about just going through the motions. It's not like Rabbeinu B'chai is saying that we have the ability to train ourselves 
even along with the passion, even along with all of the, right, you can't say that he means, you know, it's good that it should be robotic. No, the same passion that I brought day one and that I want to work on, uh, he's asking Akash Baruch Hu, make it second nature, this is what I do, and yet it doesn't automatically have to mean that it becomes mundane and routine. There's a, there's a way, it's not so clear what that way is, I would imagine, just a lot of muster and a lot of focus, unless somebody else has another angle of how we can do this. But despite the fact that there's an inherent challenge that's so built into the psyche of a person about being mundane and being robotic and same old, same old, and it's a big challenge, and there another day, if we just recalibrate our thoughts and our emotions properly, that literally could become the vehicle, that very same consistency could become the vehicle to elevate our Avodah Hashem to the point where we don't, it's not mamish like not even any soil. It's automatically there. That's how, and it's good. And it'll be, it'll be um, it won't be any soil because not only will we be doing the act, but we'll be doing it in an incredibly, I, I, you have to assume, pa- passionate and emotional and connected way. Is Kavana and Misa uh, interconnected, or are they different? Meaning, Hergel might be referring to the Misa. To do the Misa, then you should create a routine for yourself, the Misa mitzvah. When it comes to 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 your Kavana, your Kavana should be with the Kavana Shlema of excitement. Okay, but 100%. 100%. But, but you think that the focus on Herigal would just, in a sense, exacerbate the challenge and make it, and make it dif- more difficult because of the fact that the Herigal, you know, just makes it more routine. That, that's sort of where, what we do. And, and you'd, you'd say that, you know, uh, it would be harder for us to maintain that level of, of excitement. You know, this hischachos that we're supposed to bring Every single day, right? You call Yoim Kinisasasan, you know, Misinai, that that is Chachis is almost a contradiction to the Hergel. But it seems it's not. It seems that Shayach, even though we're so wired on one hand to be affected by Hergel, if we work on that on a properly, we don't allow, you know, we sort of fight the mundane aspect. We fight the Mitzvah Sanoshim The Mulamada part is actually something that can serve us, and that can certainly en- and enhance our voters Hashem. It just shows that, you know, again, we're walking a tightrope. And I guess, you know, it's like good fear, bad fear. There's good Hergel and bad Hergel. And we have to just, you know, amazingly uh, find that, that, that tightrope where we don't want to drop from the consistency. In other words, there are Jews who will say, listen, you know, I don't want to go into davening, you know, as a, it's a drag, it's a bore, we put on our tefillin, we don't even think about it. You know, I'm going to daven when I, when I feel like it so that it'll be exciting for me. You know, there are people there, and therefore, one day might be 7 a.m., one day might be 9.30, one day might, I might miss my kriyashma. Like, because they, we think naturally that that's sort of the way we fight the routine and the mundane. And I, I think you see for me that's not the way. It's not the way. The way is consistency. The way is, no, every single day, you bring it every single day. You daven with the right, you daven at the right times. You daven, you know, uh, uh, the, with the same sort of schedule that you always deal with. The Seder that you come to, you got to come to it. You got to be consistent. And the consistency has, if you 
work on yourself to the point that you're able to really maintain that, that focus and that passion, that excitement, that literally can ingrain within you this concept of, of teva, that mamish, it won't even be any soil. And it'll be something that uplifts you as opposed to brings you down. Now, it's getting late already, but in other words, one could ask a question over here. Well, wait a minute. If it's not even any soyon, then where's the schar for something like this? Yeah. No, so, so, right. that, was, that was actually that was actually a question. Is is, is are, are you? I mean, yeah. this is what you're about. Yeah. No, you're supposed to watch. There's a letter uh, about this. About what? Rishul Salanja says, if you work on yourself, if, imagine, you know, originally something's hard for you, and you get this car, and so it, it's very hard, and then you work on yourself, it becomes easier, you still you still get the same schar as if it were hard, even though it's exactly. easy. Right, so, and, uh, yes, very good, and, and also just another source for that, just it's a good thing to keep under your hat, by, um, I think at the end of Tzav, it says that, you know, uh, when it says that Aaron um, and his children did not deviate, so the question, what do you mean? They, of course they didn't deviate. They, you're Aaron Akoyan. You're going to deviate from what Gersh Baruch Hu tells you. So one of the answers, I forgot who says it, but one of the answers given there, um, I think that was a place, it's a few times in, in the Torah where we have that, is Gufa, like you just said, you bring yourself, when you bring yourself to a level where it's not an option for you to deviate, you get schar every single time you don't deviate, even though at this point it's not your Nekudah Sabahira. It's not even an option for you, but you worked on yourself to get to that level. So therefore, uh, yeah, I don't think it would diminish from the schar if you can develop this nature where Avodah Hashem literally is, there's, there's not any soil. There's no, it's not, it's not a, 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 an inner conflict about me showing up for Seder, showing up for davening, doing what I need to do, you know, doing the right thing. It's, it's so much part of who I am that literally it brings me to an unbelievably lofty level. And that's what Dovna Melech was, was, was uh, praying for. He wanted that. He wanted to not be in a position of Nisayon. So I would, I would say, Adarava, that to get to that Nisayon, sorry, sorry, to, to get to that state, is is an avoda in and of itself, which 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 would bring a lot of uh, schar, and then and then once once you're at that state where it's where it's easy for you to, to where it's 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 murgal it's hergo for, for you to do the mitzvah, so then t to maintain the proper kavana is is an is a, is your next nisayon of uh, of 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 gaining gaining schar. Okay, okay, but, the, it's not, but you're saying that your taka don't get schar for actually showing up. So, in other words, being there for minyan, you don't get schar anymore. You just get schar for maintaining the intensity of your machshava. I don't know. I mean, I hear, I mean, you know, it's, that's different than Rabbi Yisrael. That's a different answer. That's an, okay. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It could, it could be another answer. That, that the, the challenge isn't showing up anymore, but the challenge is how you show up. Wow. And be able to, you know, meet that standard every single day of having, you know, a higher level of So, um, yeah, I, Rabbi Yachas, I don't know. You to say what? Oh, wait. Rabbi Yachas, you want to say something? Maybe not. Okay, go, go on, go on. I'm sorry. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know what the rules are in terms of because I never like to overstate my time and over overstay my welcome. So. Um, you know, um, so I'll just say very quickly, I'm not going to go through it in saw, but if you take a look, uh, when I saw this piece in the Leve Leo, 
I, I saw even like another dimension of what it is that we're able to do through the Kayach of Hergel. And he brings other rights. It's Kedai to see the whole piece. But he, he basically says, and he answers a, a question that seems so, you know, intuitive. And I'm sure we all sort of thought about that during the, the nine days and, you know, in the, you know, the whole three weeks and the famous, you know, Vanam Gedalti Ramanti, Epashubi, you know, Yodushar Keneyu, Vachamor Evas Bolov. Hello. I mean, Shor Chamor, I don't have a Bechira. Okay, Akash Baruch, you gave me eight Sahara. You gave me quite a good one. Okay, and quite an and you put me in a world where all of my, all of my temptations are all around me in a, in a, a way that they've never probably been before. So you're comparing me to Shor Chamor? Shor Chamor don't have any choices. So what do you, what do you, what, how could you uh, say, you're the Shor Keneyu, the Chamor Eivaz Bolov, when... That's not a criticism. Talk about the fact that I'm an Eisvarf. Talk about that. But you, you're telling me that, that I, I'm not like a Shard, I'm not like a Hamar? Of course not, because they're, they're programmed. I'm not programmed. You gave me Bechira. So what kind, of, what kind of comparison is that? So he basically says, um, right, if you look, uh, just very quickly, because I know it's late and I don't want to, I will kiss bone. And if you look like where the middle of the paragraph is, the comma and the, and the um, excla- exclamation point. The reason why Kodesh Baruch Hu put into the Teva is to serve us. Right, if he wouldn't be that way, right, they run away. It becomes a kavul chaimer. If that's what Kadosh Baruch Hu did for the sake of you know humanity, that shores know their owner. He, he takes the Rabbeinu B'chayi even one step further. And he says, it, in order to answer this question, he says, Zep in the foot, he has other rights. It's not the only riot. He has other rights. that when you tap into your innate natural state, that's our natural state. Our natural state is to be as responsive to Avoros Hashem as a shore is to his master. That's, that we really don't have a choice any other way. If we would tap into the who we really are, there would be no choice. Similar to what Rebbe what, what Mechai was, he doesn't say it to this degree, but you can certainly match up the two concepts that I don't have a choice anymore because I'm, I'm tapped into my absolute natural state of affairs. And my natural spiritual state knows HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the point where I'm like a shore. Who's Yoda as Koneu? But unfortunately, because we have the Yetzirah, and I guess before we got we got to our deep core, we ended up messing up a little bit along the way. Okay. So we, we, we overlaid our purity with all this Gashmis and all this all this uh, you know Mishugas. So this is, so that means it's not just we can develop it. It's literally, we're getting back to our core. 
We're getting back to who we really are. That's really our gut. MS is to be Mamash like Ashar. When it comes to Avodah Hashem, there is no other way. Okay, so I guess, again, if we, the hair that this is who we really are, and if we can give this over also, that we see, I mean, Toma Godless Adam, it's the, the in, inherent greatness within us is to the extent that really we have no choice to see the truth. There is a challenge, because obviously we do have the Eight Sahara, but that's who we essentially are. We can get down to our core, where our core has such a connection with the Bria in its natural state that we literally can do things, and he brings supernatural levels. Well, we can literally know, he brought it in the next story, he brings where Amarayim knew who didn't daven, or the kid, even a kid, knew who didn't daven Kriyashma Bizman. And if we didn't want to get close to the two visitors, because he was able to tell by smelling their clothing that he didn't, they didn't daven uh, Kriyashma Bizman. So, so uh, it's, it's an incredible concept and it's something that I, get, I think would give us tremendous chizik, and we know this is who we really are, and we have to just tap in, Bez Hashem, at this critical time to, you know, to the extent that we can, to tap into our true inner resources, Bez Hashem, we can, uh, I think, really, you know, move to the next level, uh, develop that consistency. Certainly, that's one of the big things that we, a lot of us need to work on, just, you know, being there, being reliable, being on time, uh, in a sense, going through the motions, but not going through the motions without passion, like was mentioned, to do it right, um, but really we're just getting back to who we really are. We're not trying to overlay anything. We're trying to literally strip away the, the external facade of who we are and get to our real core, which is, which is an Evan Hashem of an incredible uh, ability and magnitude. So, Bez Hashem, we should be able to do that and be Matziach in the coming weeks and be Zaycheh to a good Gebed Shiar, Bez Hashem. Amen. Rabbi Silberger, thank you very much for uh, giving us the Shmuz tonight. Not, not a problem. My pleasure. Thank you, Thank you, you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.